0: When we stand behind this pulpit beloved, it is a very intimidating experience. And we know that only the eternal God himself can guide us as a people. And anyone who tries to open the pages of the Bible is helpless. Unless the living God through the power of the Holy Spirit decides to do something with a lesson. So today I'm here on the wings of prayer, but I'm humbled before the majesty of the wonderful, mighty, everlasting, eternal God who has made it possible for me to be here for the many prayers of so many people and for the aid and assistance and love of many, many people for which I am most indeed grateful. If you have your Bibles with you today, I encourage you to open them to 2nd Corinthians chapter number 6. 2nd Corinthians chapter number 6. Our lesson entitled, if there is a title, because I have no idea where the Holy Spirit wants this lesson to go, but we'll see. The lesson is entitled, Passover 2023 and the American Exodus out of Egypt. We are witnessing a great exodus of Americans, God-fearing, Bible-believing, blood-washed, spirit-filled Americans who are ready to make an exodus from the country that they've grown up in because the America of today is not the America that they were born into. They have nowhere to go. They are without a homeland in many ways. We are so much like ancient Israel at Passover 2023 that it is almost uncanny. I've celebrated many Passover Ah, uh, seasons. I have never celebrated a Passover season since we have been keeping Passover festival seasons like we celebrated in the midst of 2020, with an increased, incremental increase of trouble in 2021 with a greater increase of intensity in 2022, and now in 2023, God only knows where we're moving. So I believe there is an exodus, the second great exodus, we might we might call it. In other words, we may have an experience, a church. We know what Passover is all about. It's Israel coming out of Egypt and I'm telling you it's time for Israel to come out of Babylon Amen. We're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 here in a moment Let us pray God our Father Jehovah the Almighty the God of Abraham of Isaac and of Jacob we would be most remiss if we failed to realize that is it is not by might nor by power, not by the arm of flesh, not by political politics, yeah. not by anything that we own or possess in and of our own strength, but it will be by the mighty hand of the great and wonderful God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we are delivered as a people out of the political mess we're in today, the social, the economic, the moral depravity of this time in history. We are living in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah, my Lord and my God, the wicked are everywhere. The most vile, reprehensible, filthy people that could ever open their mouths are now in charge of the microphones of this country. Lord God, you are the only source of our help. We come to you today humbly beseeching you and as the prophet Jeremiah so eloquently said in his day, Jehovah the Elohim of Israel, let not your people glory in the wisdom. Let not the, let not the people glory in the wisdom of the of the wise, nor trust in the power of the mighty man, nor trust. In vain riches but let him that glorieth glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth that I am Jehovah that I alone am the God who can bring righteousness and judgment I am Jehovah Oh God in heaven help us now by the blood of Jesus Christ come now and save your people and guide us at this festival and lead us, O great Jehovah, that we may forever praise the name, the power, and the authority of Christ our Savior. Amen and amen. Reading now from Second Corinthians chapter number 6. And I'd like to have everyone that feels strong enough and able enough to stand up and read. Because these are really important words and they, they really speak to our generation. We're going to fill this house of God with the Word of God here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 14, verse number 14. Thank you, beloved. Let's join our voices together and watch carefully how these words read. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Belial and what part hath he that believeth with an infidel and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for ye are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, there's a lot of theology in this this reading that we will not touch upon. There is a lot of racial theology in these readings. We would simply like to capitalize on the idea of verse number 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate. Now, it may not be easy for us to do that, because we live in a very multi cultural, racially diverse nation, but in our associations, our friendships, in our choice of a future wife or husband, in our choice of building a family, in our choice of public worship, and in any other venue that is important for the future racial integrity of our people, we must come out and be separate. This is a time for the second exodus of Israel out of Egypt. In our case, it is America. What faces us in this country is replicated all over the lands where Israelites live. You could travel to any corner of Europe, You could go to Scandinavia, you could travel to Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. It will make no difference what we face in this country, they face in their country. We have no place to go. We have no recourse but to look to heaven and know that our help is in the God of Abraham, in the God of Isaac, and in the God of Jacob. And at Passover 2023, if there's anything... More important than the idea that we need to be right with our Father in heaven. I don't think there's any greater uh, need among us because we, we're, we're going to need his help. We need his help. Now the parallels that ancient Israel faced at the time of the Exodus in the book of Exodus as they are chronicled there in The chapters leading up to the time of the Exodus, all the way through to the final Exodus out of the land, the parallels that ancient Israel faced are strikingly, strikingly on a parallel with where we are in America today. And they are true for Israelites everywhere in whatever country they may live because we are becoming an enslaved people. When you read chapter number one of the book of Genesis, our people were building the treasure cities for the rich, the elitist, and the wealthy oligarchs of ancient Egypt. Our people, middle class Americans, are now the financial backbone. They are the servant class. They are the people that are building and making comfortable all the elitist oligarchs of this world. And these wealthy people that fly around in jet planes all over the world leaving their carbon footprint for all the world to see are demanding that the people like you and I, that we park our cars and become Amish people well we live in a time of history people that's very much on parallel with ancient egypt because we are enslaved how many months of the year will the typical american work in the payment of all the different layers of taxation all the way from the local taxation to the uh, irs that is just now going to be Uh, receiving 87,000 new uh, criminal agents to enforce their taxation. But we are now being called to be the servant people, the middle-class white people, the people that are funding and supporting this whole system, are the people that are the most enslaved. They go to work every morning they are the hard workers. How many millions of Americans are drones today? They do nothing. They live on the, uh, the, the, the productivity of the people that are working and a great percentage of those people are white people. So we are enslaved just as a- ancient Israel. We are also being A people that are being robbed of the very straw to make the bricks that they're wanting us to build for the great pleasure of the rich oligarchs of the country. Number two, we are a very much despised, disliked people. Remember that ancient Israel grew disfavor in the eyes of the Egyptian government. You read Genesis, uh, Exodus chapter number 1, you know that Israel became, they fell out of favor with the ancient uh, Pharaoh and the dynasties that uh, followed shortly thereafter in Exodus chapter number 1. So Israel became disliked in ancient Egypt. They fell out of favor. They were be- becoming highly profiled, as a people that were unliked by the ruling class of ancient Egypt. In 2016, we were known as the deplorables. In 2017, we graduated to a new name. We were all racist and white supremacists. In 2021, with the inauguration of the new communist regime, we were classified as domestic terrorists. And now, all people known as the mega-people for whatever, whatever that uh, brand implies, and it essentially means anybody that's white, and anybody that loves America and wants to see things straightened up, They're the greatest danger class living in a country like we live. So we're becoming a very disliked people, not unlike ancient Israel. If we read the early chapter of of Exodus, chapter number 1, they become profiled as the deplorables of ancient Egypt, so deplorable that they wanted their children to die their ch- their male children and then another parallel israel in ancient egypt had become separated from the god of their fathers they had become alienated from the god of abraham isaac and jacob our enslaved ancestors if you want to talk about slavery Yes, we're talking about white slavery in ancient Egypt. White slavery. And I don't believe there's been, there's been any reparations for that white slavery. Israel has become enslaved in modern America. We're enslaved. And we are, at the same time, so many millions of our people are alienated from their God. They have fled the denominational churches many of them because of the absolute corruption within the pulpits and all the other things. They fled from the drums and the electric uh, sounds of acoustics in the modern churches. They have left because of the absence of godly hymn singing. They've left because of the emptiness of Bible teaching and they simply find nothing to draw them into these mega churches except for those who are looking to be entertained and to to be made feel good in their sin. So that's where we are. We are alienated from our Father in heaven. I'm speaking of a great percentage of the American people. They know our country is lost. They know that our people are in trouble. I cannot walk through Walmart with my mega hat without being stopped. I will be stopped by someone and they will always be white. And they will ask me questions about my feeling of this country in almost inevitably these people know we are in trouble but they are clueless to know what to do they are in great despair God bless the millions and millions of white people who are terribly lost terribly lost spiritually they're lost to know what to do and you and I As God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians ought to be ready to each one teach one. Every time, in every opportunity that we have. So our people have lost the knowledge of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In so many ways. They are a lost people. So many millions of them. How grateful we ought to be. We are like a firebrand plucked out of the fire. We're all here by the grace of God. Otherwise, we too would be walking with the blind. Our sight today, we see and we hear and whatever understanding we have is by the grace of God who has plucked us out of this terrible situation. Number four, ancient Israel had lost their covenantal heritage. They had lost their covenantal heritage. They were no longer acutely aware of any racial identity. They were losing their tribal identity as they labored in ancient Egypt. We too in America are losing our covenantal heritage. The United States Constitution was written by white men designed for the preservation of white people, designed for the voting electorate of only white people. That was the country that our founding fathers delivered to us back in 1776. John Adams, a great American, To paraphrase John Adams, we have given you a constitution. It is designed for a moral and religious people. When those people cease to be moral, when they cease to be religious, this constitution will fail them. It was resting upon the premise of the conditional morality of the American people. We have lost that moral virtue that undergirded the United States Constitution. It has been boycotted today, disannulled, amended out of existence, and we are left without a covenant heritage in America today. We're free-floating now, and every time the legislative bodies of the United States Congress meet, it's no telling what kind of laws they're going to pass. And the United States Supreme Court is no longer chained to the United States Constitution. They are activist judges, and they are a new legislative body legislating from the bench when they ought to be interpreting every decision based on the United States' written Constitution. But that is where we are, people. We have lost our covenant standing. The covenants that were planted by the pilgrims, the Puritans that followed them, all that covenantal heritage is being washed away before our eyes, just as it was in ancient Israel. Our people in Egypt faced a totalitarian government, a government that was ruled from the top down, like a pyramid pharaoh deified and made a god was at the top of that pyramid today the united states federal government is pretending to be the god of this nation they are ruling and dictating us as if they were god himself we are living now in a totalitarian government and our white christian founding fathers and mothers would regurgitate every part of the American federal government that is now in place. Because it is contrary to every design that they planted in the United States Constitution. We are losing our personal freedom. Every advance made in technology is reducing the privacy of every citizen of this country. And you and I... Are becoming a, a, a victim of technology. Technology is a wonderful thing. It can be used for great and wonderful purposes. But in the hands of evil men, evil people, it can be turned into a weapon that is unprecedented in human history. Technology that has the power to replace your brain. Technology that has the ability to render an entire nation as mindless zombies under the rule of oligarchs. We need our Father in Heaven, church, at this Passover if we come to any full, any more realization than, than the fact that we truly, truly need Divine intervention is the answer. And it is the only answer. Our Israelites in ancient Egypt were a people that were witnessing idolatry. In every form that you can imagine, Israelites were surrounded with idolatry. The worship of heathen gods at every course. And we are a country today that are in the process of worshiping heathen gods all over the place. I'm just going to cite one of the idols that's worshipped in America today. One of the idols, one of the most prevalent idols is found in the National Professional Basketball League or the National Football League. Or whatever other sport we want to name. So we are being, as a nation, we are now subservient to watch other races entertain us. And not only are they entertaining us in the great stadiums of America, but they are wrapping their black arms around the white girls of this country. Every major university in America today is basing enticements for black football, basketball players on the basis of providing for them white women. This is an idolatrous situation. When we support the God of sport, we are now in support of the idolatry of utter race mixing. It's abhorrent to see how many white women are being escorted by black basketball players, football players, and other sports as well. How many gods are being worshiped in America today? The God of heaven is going to crush the gods that we worship. He's going to end all the gods that we worship. Because he is a jealous God and he wants no competition. Our sporting arenas used to be filled with white people and white cheerleaders. Now they're filled with a multicultural, racially diverse audience. The players are mostly black. The cheerleaders are all white. And the after game proceedings that go on is... Worse than any orgy you can ever imagine. Number seven, Israel knew that they were an enslaved people, but they were clueless and without a vision, without a strategy to know how to extricate themselves from their slavery. Today millions, tens of millions of Americans are desperate to find an answer to the quagmire that they see themselves in. And in frantic, in frantic desperation, they look for political leaders. And they latch on to a political leader that they think might lead them. And what has America found? America has found in the last seven years that the one man God raised up Has become the most brutalized. Persecuted man that's ever lived in America. God is not going to save America through politics. And no savior is going to come in on silver. Accompanied by Tonto to save us. We're going to be saved by the God of Abraham. And I don't know how desperate we'll become. And I thank God for Donald Trump. I know that he's not a flawless man. God, God only knows that there's a lot of flawless, a lot of very flawed men that God used in the Bible. A lot of the flawed kings of ancient Israel and Judah were very flawed. And David himself was not altogether impeccably clean. Amen. Donald Trump has his flaws but the man is brutalized, and right now he's taking arrows for everyone that loves America. He's the pincushion for America. And every arrow they want to drive through the heart of God-fearing, Bible-believing Americans, they're now uh, throwing at Donald Trump, but they're going to throw them at you and I when the time comes. And I would remind everyone here today that the people, more than 1,000 Americans have been... Arrested and, and charged with misdemeanors, many of them felonies, following the January 6, 2021 march, the Freedom March. Some of those people charged with misdemeanors are now into their second full year of isolated imprisonment without a hearing. That is a communist gulag. That is a red Chinese, Stalin, Mao tongue Pol Pot type of nation. Beloved, I know that many of you love America. It's our native land. We have a, we have a tendency to love the country of our birth. And I chaff in my spirit when I consider... That in 1992, my dear brother, Martin Klingenberg, arrived from South Africa on the verge of watching his native homeland being lost by the same forces that are now taking America down. And Martin, after all the years he's been here, is now on his second, second watch. Observing the death of a country by a thousand cuts. May God have mercy on us all because we love America, but we're lost to know what to do. But we're becoming very cognizant of the idea that God alone will save his people. So ancient Israel were enslaved, they didn't know what to do, they had no leadership. When Moses first arrived on the scene, he attempted to be a a defender of, of his own people. He took care of an Egyptian that was oppressing Israel. And for that, he became a fugitive of his own Egyptian government. Moses fled from the land of his nativity. In line to be a Pharaoh, he esteemed the riches of Christ of greater meaning than all the wealth of Egypt. What a man! Moses, servant of God. I don't know if God is going to raise up a Moses. He may or may not. But I do know this, beloved, that God has His own strategy. And when our God decides to come to the aid of His people, I would not want to be numbered in the camp of the wicked. God has a way of unending the wicked. You know, I'm amazed. Over in Holland, where the farmers are in revolt against the established government, and the world oligarchs that are demanding unbelievable concessions from the Dutch farmers. And you'll notice that recently there was a a Dutch protest vote that won significant seats in the Dutch parliament among the farm coalition that voted for those uh, candidates. But there is a young woman, a young white woman that rose up out of Holland, out of the basic population. I don't know how many of you have seen her name. I believe her first name is Eva. Her last name is Dutch and I cannot pronounce it. How many have seen that young lady? She's calling the women of Holland back to motherhood. She's calling them back to a traditional household. She's calling them back to the traditional role of American, a uh, uh, correction, of the Dutch mold for a godly woman. And she's articulate. She's a very articulate lady. And she's taking the microphone and she's calling the women of Holland to rise up. And become traditional women god godly women women that will love children women that will love a husband women that will build a house proverbs ch- uh, chapter number 14 verse 1 says a wise woman will build her house a foolish woman will pluck it down with her hands brick by brick by brick that woman is building and inspiring a whole generation of Dutch women. God bless her. We have a lot of those ladies that are speaking up in America as well. Then I would like to say, beloved, that while we are currently clueless among a great percentage of the American population as to how we're gonna be able to be extricated from the quagmire, we know that it will happen. I'd also like to say, that within our Israelite family of people, many of these Israelite people today, they do not know who they are at all. They only know that they are opposed to the moral depravity, they're opposed to the idea that gender can be determined beyond the biological reality of male and female as they were created by god they know that is wrong and they have a sense of morality knowing many of them that race missing is wrong they have a general morality of knowing that homosexuality is no not in this generation not in the past not in the future abortion homosexuality, race mixing, gender blending is not in God's plan, not in God's purpose, and our God will regurgitate and spew from His mouth all the folks that, that embrace that kind of utter biblical uh, heresy. This is, this is the, becoming a vile generation. And a a wicked generation. So may God fix our eyes on Scripture. Beloved, if there's anything that Israel needs to do today, is to remember that God has given us a true, absolute word from heaven revealed in a book called the Bible. To the degree that we can focus on the Bible. Think of 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. Saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing. Do you know what the unclean thing has to do with? It's called race mixing. Race mixing. A scourge upon the land. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So this verse says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Think about it. When young people choose a peer group, May God help them choose a peer group that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What communion does light have with darkness? We live in a dark time of history. Let us purpose to come out of the darkness into the light of God's Word and stay there. What concord has Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel, an unbeliever? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Jesus warns us no man can serve two masters. Either he will love the one and despise the other. You know what else he said about it. God is calling Israel out of Egypt in the second great exodus of our time in history. And so let me say, beloved, that number nine, Ancient Israel's infanticide, they watched their children being murdered. Mandated infanticide, the mandated abortion of the male children of ancient Israel. Can we not be grateful for the families that did not hear that mandated call to murder their male children? In ancient Egypt, there was a war on men. It began in infancy, killing all the firstborn or all the male children that came out of the womb. Now, beloved, I'm not here today to say that the men of America have not deserved a lot of punishment, but there's no class of Americans today that is more despised than a straight white Christian young man. American society has said no to young white men. The highest suicide rate in America is for young white men between the ages of 20 and 39 or 40. Why is that? Why are the young white men killing themselves? Because they have been excluded, locked out of American society. They have been branded and vilified by a feminist movement that is now receiving a dose of its own medication as they watch their feminist males become women and enter their sporting arena competition. I'm sad to see it, but in a way the feminists deserve it. They got what they asked for. It's come full circle now. So now about 85 or 90 percent of all the winners in women's sports in the last year were men who transferred to the women's side of life this fictitious idea that a man born as a, a male can suddenly become a woman and put on a wig and then compete against women. Well, they're winning all the trophies while the women stand by and wonder what happened. That's the end of the feminist paradigm. And then I want to uh, ask you, if you would please, in closing, to look, move toward Exodus chapter 3. If you'd turn there please. The third chapter of Exodus is one of the most extraordinary chapters in the great Exodus out of Egypt. And it holds great promise for all of us here today. I'm going to read verses 14. And uh, I'd like for you to look at Exodus chapter number 3. And verse number 1. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. While Moses is on the backside of the desert, he has no idea that he is about to be arrested by the power of the Holy Spirit and raised up to return to Egypt, the land where he was born. Moses doesn't recognize that he is going to become the great deliverer of God's people. He's been in Egypt now for 40 years. Picture yourself on the backside of a desert, tending smelly sheep for 40 years. Moses' life esteem must have been pretty low. His life fortunes seemed to be pretty dismal. He didn't know that he was being prepared to become God's agent for deliverance of his people. So let's back up to chapter 2 and notice while Moses is in the desert getting ready to become God's leader, what is Israel enslaved in Egypt doing? Verse 21. Chapter number 2, Exodus 2, verse 21. The Bible says, And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. She bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass, in process of time, that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of their bondage. Now Israel, at this stage, beloved, is becoming increasingly under pressure of their enslavement. The vice of enslavement had been, to clo- had been closing in upon the people. They sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage now we don't know if they had what kind of an idea they had about who this God was because over in the next chapter they have to ask through their Moses will have to ask who is God what's his name what is the, who is the God of Israel who is this God? So I don't know when it says that their cry came up unto God. I, I don't think that ne- that necessarily would mean that they were praying directly to God. They, they were crying out for, because of the oppression. They were simply a mega American lost. So lost that they cried out, oh God help us. I don't know what to do. What do I do in the face of a cashless society with only digital money? What in the world do we do? What do we do when they restrict fossil fuel, purposely making life difficult, taking away our straw, but still demanding that we make bricks? Hurting us in every way they can, yet continuing the pressure to ask more. And more from the very people they're enslaving. That's modern America. And people, we have no recourse but to come out and be ye separate and seek the face of Jehovah the Almighty. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of their bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. That word cry is exceptionally important. It's from a Hebrew root word, zaak, and it means to shriek from anguish, to be greatly grieved by the anguish of their circumstances, but by extension it means to convene publicly and to cry out publicly. Now we may not understand people why it is so important to have a convocation at Passover, but if for no other reason than we join our hearts and our voices and our minds in one united prayer that God will help us, that God will open the way through the Red Sea before us. With with Pharaoh's army behind us and the Red Sea before us, our God will open a way if we cry out to Him. So are we ready to cry out to the great God of Abraham? to convene publicly was an extension of the word to cry out. We don't know what Israel was doing except we know they were crying out. And in their enslavement they were seeking whatever concept they had of God. So that when Moses spoke to the angel at the burning bush and he said, In chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain, Mount Horeb. Watch carefully, verse 13, chapter 3. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Moses! ready to lead Israel out of Egypt, is asking the question, Who is this God that's speaking to me out of the burning bush? Who is this mighty God? You know, people, I don't know, all of us living in a multiracial world, in a racially racially diverse nation, how close are we to the one true and living God? How closely are we connected to that wonderful, mighty God who alone can deliver us. And Moses had said, when I come unto the children of Israel, and they shall ask me, what is his name? What am I supposed to tell them? I'll read verse 14, which is one of the most Favorite discussed verses in the Bible. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am, which really means I will become whatever I need to become to save my people. Amen. He is the God of a covenant. Glory. And his 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 name is I will, I am that I am, I will become. Whatsoever I please to become. To save my people and God said unto Moses I am that I am and he said thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel I am has sent me unto you a lot of people love the word Yahweh for this fulfillment. A lot of people use the word Jehovah. Translators of the King James Bible, 47 top linguists of the world chose Jehovah and they had reasons for that. They had their reasons for that because we believe that the Bible is the authoritative Word of God in English found in the King James Bible. We go with Jehovah. That's why we use Jehovah. We use it not because we have any superior knowledge to anyone else at all. We bow in homage to 47 of the top scholars in the English language alive in the world in 1600. And scholars that cannot be replaced today. Their scholarship was so great. Their scholarship rose above the linguists, the best linguists of the of the world that we live in today. That body of 47 scholars could not be replicated in the world today. Could not be replicated by any standard. Now beloved, what I would like to say here today is that the name of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, I truly believe is the name who will see us through Jacob's trouble. And I want to tell you why I believe the name of Jesus. Christ is the name that will lead you and your family through the Red Sea before us. When Jesus walked this earth, he said over and over and over again, as he did in John's Gospel chapter number 8, when he chided the Pharisees in that wonderful chapter of the Bible, and in verse number forty eight correction fifty eight John eight fifty eight, Jesus said, Verily, verily I say unto you one of the most important statements in your Bible. From the lips of Jesus, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus Christ is the great I am that I am from the burning bush walking in human flesh of the seed of Abraham on this earth. Moreover, when I turn to my Bible, this is what my Bible says. don't know what yours reads, because I don't know what translation you have. And my opinion is that when Bible translations read differently, they cannot be the same. But this is what my Bible says regarding Jesus. I'm in Colossians 1, and I'm going to close now. Israel was led out of bondage and enslavement because the great I Am that I Am rescued them. And for me and my house, I believe in Jesus Christ, that His blood will deliver us through the Red Sea that we face. Colossians 1, 15, Regarding Jesus, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Watch carefully. For by him, by him, now this is Christ. This is Jesus. This is not a prophet, this is more than a prophet. This is more than a great teacher. This is the eternal Son of God, the great I am, for by him were all things created. Do you get that? All things were created by Him that are in heaven and that are in the earth. How complete is that? Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things and by Him all things consist. Can you find any greater language applied to a deity than what I'm reading from Colossians. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now watch carefully, verse 19, Colossians 1. For it pleased the Father that in him Jesus Christ should all fullness dwell. And that is complete when we read Colossians 2, 9, and 10. For in Him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. So I say, To the enemies of Christian Israel, may the blood of Jesus Christ cover us, may the power of the Holy Spirit guide us, and may our love for Christ and our willingness to stand on the authoritative Word of God in the Bible, by our allegiance to the moral standards of God's Word, by our willingness to be a separated people by our desire to come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord God Almighty, by our committed desire to raise up God-fearing Bible-believing children, by our commitment to remain isolated and separated from the multitudinous crowd of mixed, of race-mixed people. May God help us. Let's come out and be ye separate. Let's become God's children Depending solely upon him shall we be standing.